So here we go, you guys. We are back with another episode of Observations. Yes, thank you for joining me as we walk down comic book history, uh, as I have experienced it not only as a fan, but as a professional. Today, you're going to get a little bit of both as we continue to chart this course and walk through adventures in comics. Uh, my first comic books I pulled off the spinner racks at the local markets, the drugstores, all of the different ways that you could, uh, and places that you could get comic books. I was there. I was getting those comic books. I was consuming them. I was grabbing them at 7-Eleven, Stop and Go, You Totem, Rexel Drugs, Foodland, all of it. They became my passion. Uh, that passion became a career. I love uh, that we can get together and talk about comics. And today you are in for a wild one. These keep getting crazier and crazier. I'm going to step back a little, but also keep one foot in where we've been in regards to the, this, this era surrounding Heroes Reborn. But the step backwards uh, is, is going to take me in 1989 and, and, and a purchase I make before I board a flight to go visit the Marvel Comic Offices as a professional for the first time. But today's podcast, the next two episodes, are going to deep dive into Fighting American. Fighting American. I just love saying it. It's such a great title. Fighting American is a comic book that you may not have heard of. Um, many didn't back when I published Fighting American in 1997. Uh, through 1999. It's 21 years later and many still don't know who Fighting American was because once we kind of landed the plane that we uh, put in the skies again with our, our publication of Fighting American at my awesome comics label, it uh, it really didn't go much further than that uh, other than a recent revival that I've um, checked at uh, uh you know, I, I, I've glanced at in and out it, It's definitely um, been back in press, I believe, with a British publisher, ironically, uh, in, in recent years. But that is the only time you would have encountered Fighting American in the last uh, decade as it just kind of went back into the drawer. And I've, I've never really quite understood why it was such an amazing property. But this property will create uh, the only time, to my memory, that Marvel Comics sued me, uh, the only time that I would be victorious uh, in a court of law against Marvel Comics. They lost this lawsuit because it was not on the up and up. You're going to see. I have my letters, my memos, my documents. These are from Marvel attorneys, and, uh, and it sets the stage for just the most incredible adventure. I mean, it really, this, this takes uh, uh, all the intrigue from Heroes Reborn and kind of, uh, it's a little bit of the aftermath, a little bit of the uh, epilogue of, of Heroes Reborn. And and yet I, I want to go back to 1989. I am now no longer doing Hawk and Dove. Personally, I am thrilled that I am now doing all of these different X-Men titles for Marvel. And they have been very aggressive in courting me, uh, taking me away from DC Comics uh, look, it's it's the same today. Young talent gets gets uh, gets the benefit from the, the the wars that the publishers want to wage to get them to draw their comic books for them. Even today, I see young new faces, and if one sprouts up at DC, I wonder how long they'll last. 
uh, if if one sprouts up at Marvel. I'm pretty sure they're going to stay there for a while. Um, if one is coming through the independent market, you can bet your bottom dollar they're getting pursued by both of the uh, big two publishers. And then there are in today's market, there are great young talents who are just going to crowdfunding straight uh, into Kickstarters and Indiegogos. Um, and, and it's interesting because, because again, the, the, the delivery systems for our comics have changed. But as a young talent in 1989, I am going to New York. Marvel is flying me there. They're putting me up. It's exciting. I'm going to go meet the editorial teams, sit with them, have some lunches. It's, it's, it's exciting. In 1989, I am 21 years old this, uh, this fall when I'm about to board this plane. In anticipation, the night before, I know that I'm going on a five and a half hour, six hour flight from Los Angeles to New York. So I'm going to stock up on comic books. Now, I have never heard of this title, Fighting American, before, except that it is staring me in the face at my comic store as a handsome hardcover, like hardcover, like this this really nice edition, really beautifully uh, packaged. It has the dust jacket. It is published by Marvel Comics. The Marvel Comics is right here on the logo of this. I have a number of these. Um, I took my signed edition out and going to get to who that would be signed by, Fighting American, here in just a second. Marvel Comics is on the side, on the spine, it's on the front cover, it's on the back cover. Marvel Comics is all over this. They had published this compilation of all the Fighting American comics in one handsome hardcover. I was just so taken by it because at the top it says a Simon and Kirby classic. You guys, Fighting American is created by the same powerhouse duo that brought you Captain America and Bucky and the Red Skull, all of that. Joe Simon and Jack Kirby created Fighting American in the 1950s following their run on Captain America in an answer to what they saw as uh, the rise of communism and in answer to some of the McCarthyism. They created, at first, even by their own admission, a very straightforward patriotic hero that now they owned, that, that, that no one else but they owned. And uh, this would stay that way. To this day, they the estates share the ownership of Fighting American. So what they set out to do worked out extremely well for them, given that this is another crack at a familiar trope for them that had been so successful in Captain America. Fighting American uh, is published in 1954, and Marvel Comics in 1989 had gotten the rights and done this ridiculously handsome uh, hardcover with a foreword from Joe Simon and a foreword from Jack Kirby. Both these cats wrote double-page, two-page intros to what you're about to experience. Um, even here uh, in the intro, Joe Simon, again, Joe Simon, who, you know, along with Jack Kirby, created Captain America. You know, whenever you see Captain America uh, in the first Avenger, in Winter Soldier, in Civil War, in whatever Avengers movie, remember that he is a product of Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. Long before the birth of Marvel Comics, Captain America, Captain America lived. Uh, in, in, in talking about uh, Fighting American, in this intro, Joe Simon says, uh, Our first Fighting American stories were deadly serious. 
He was the first commie basher in comic books. We were all caught up in Senator McCarthy's vendetta against the Red Menace, in quotes. But soon it became evident that McCarthy and his investigators had gone too far, damaging innocent Americans with implied or manufactured evidence or spying or other treasonable acts. Then the turnaround. His side became talked off as the lunatic fringe, and his detractors, led by the great Edward R. Murrow, the popular news correspondent, became the good guys. Jack and I quickly became uncomfortable with fighting Americans' cold war. Instead, we relaxed. We decided to have fun with the characters. As one critic wrote, the fun ran rampant. Flying fists, facetious facetious frolics, and names from the American Dictionary of Silly Surnames set the mood for a series of epic stories of intrigue and idiocy. Jack uh, said that, you know, fighting American and Speed Boy found themselves confronting villainous opponents from an outrageously funny universe. He describes it, to put things bluntly, Fighting American was a -a laugh-a-minute roller coaster on its way down to the center of a meat grinder. So there is Fighting American. Fighting American wears a patriotic costume. Fighting American has a sidekick. Speed Boy looks more like Bucky than Fighting American looks like Captain America, if, if you can possibly imagine that. That is the... Uh, 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 makeup, the, the the design of these two characters. Speed Boy looks exactly like Bucky. Like, there's there's almost no attempt other than he has blonde hair. But Fighting American has a kick-ass costume. This is a kick-ass costume. From the minute I see it, it's 1989, man. We are knocking on 1990, okay? I am... Gr- this Fighting American is, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm paying rent on an apartment... You know, I, I, I've got, a, I've got, you know, my first car. I'm not made of money. Royalties haven't kicked in yet. Uh, but I decide to pay the 40 bucks, 40 bucks for this Fighting American, this hardcover. And I get on the flight to New York, to Marvel Comics. And this is going to become really important. All of this mixes up really well. Uh, as, as I, as I, as I fly to New York, I am reading cover to cover these eight Fighting American comics that are just so entertaining and they have crazy bad guys, Poison Ivan. I mean, Poison Ivan. It's such a great name. Invisible Irving. Um, just a, But Jack and Joe write and draw this straight. It's straight. It, it, it is not... If it became a parody comic, you wouldn't know it by... The pages, if you saw the black and white line art, it is Jack Kirby doing straightforward comics, except they're kind of funny. Uh, they, they, they take a little bit shots at society, at comic book tropes, but it's there's no shortage of fists being thrown. I can flip through here right now and show you pages of Fighting American just knocking heads for page after page after page. He's jumping, he's leaping, he's kicking, he's punching. Um, this is is an exciting and visually compelling comic book. Again, published 1954. Oh man, I mean, blam, back, crack, pow. I mean, uh, th- th- these 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 comics are drawn straightforward, action style, exactly what Jack was doing on Captain America. Now, this predates, by the way, his Fantastic Four work. Okay, guys. So, I mean. Jack, and, and you can see the development of Jack as an artist. This is some really beautiful art. I would, I would love to have pages from, 
from these Fighting American comics. They're beautiful. And so I consume them. I dig them. I'm so excited. You know, again, I don't learn about this hardcover if not Marvel prints it. I cannot underscore this enough. And the most important thing you need to understand, Fighting American, created by the guys who gave you Captain America. They made their own secondary uh, patriotic character, and they owned it, okay? And they owned it. And Fighting American, uh, you know, was was published by themselves, not Marvel at the time. They, 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 they took it upon themselves. They... Uh, you know, had a great time with this. Now, eight issues, I guess maybe it didn't take, maybe this version didn't take because it didn't have a long uh, life to it, but it was good enough to make this incredibly uh, handsome $40 hardcover, which I consumed, and now I know all about Fighting America, and I think he's cool, and I go to New York, and I get lost in my meetings, and New Mutants, and all sorts of cable, you know, Deadpool discussions, and my career kind of goes off in the direction that it goes from 1989 onwards. But now we're in the Heroes Reborn era where I have just done this uh, run on Captain America and the Avengers and I loved it. Sales aside, and we've already established the sales were fantastic. The funniest thing about these podcasts is these people from Marvel who worked at Marvel or around Marvel who are unaware. Uh, This weekend on social media, a guy asked, you know, John Jackson Miller, like I said, our own Nate Silver in comic books, uh, the numbers on my Captain America. He said they're the highest selling modern day Captain America numbers going back to the World War II. Because the guy wanted to know if my Captain Americas were as best selling as my Avengers, which as you know, as I have said, because I say it with a big smile, because it just gives me the biggest kick in the pants that my Avengers 1996 Heroes Reborn is the best selling Avengers comic of all time. Okay, so this is great. And now it's confirmed that my Captain America is right alongside there. Well, let me tell you something. Drawing a patriotic character was new to me. I had never done it before. But those color that color scheme of red, white, and blue is powerful. It's exciting. And I thoroughly enjoyed my time doing Captain America. I have turned down a number of great assignments in my time. I turned down Doctor Strange uh, early on in my career because they did not want to do the Steve Ditko-esque uh, Doctor Strange that I wanted to you know, jump into. I said, well, I'll do it if I can go all Ditko. That means nightmare. That means Dr. Dormammu. I mean, that, that means, uh, that means nightmare, Dormammu, um, Baron Mordro, and, uh, and the, the, the mindless ones, all the dimensions, the floating cape, but Marvel wanted to make Dr. Strange an occult killer, uh, not a occult, occult killer, an, an occult hunter, a hunter of the occult. And more, they said, we're going to have vampires and zombies and monsters. And I said, oh man, uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I, I, I think that's the wrong uh, choice for my career. So I, I turned that down. The reason I'm telling you about stuff that I turned down is because if I'm not interested in it, I'm not going to do a good job with it. And if I'm not going to do a good job with it, then my career is going to suffer. So uh, I, I had turned down other opportunities. They asked me to do the Hulk following Todd McFarlane. And uh, I, I thought that would not be a good look to follow Todd. And and I, I think maybe I have one or two great Hulk stories in me. Maybe, maybe maybe 60 great pages of the Hulk, but I don't know that I have like a couple hundred pages of the Hulk like I did with Captain America. So with Captain America, I really, I fell in love with drawing this patriotic character. I also fell in love with the knowledge that I was drawing this character that came from two of these legends, Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. Well, so I am 
uh, doing Heroes Reborn. Marvel is going bankrupt. They are terminating their contracts. I am one of the terminated contracts. I do not accept the lesser uh, contract to continue on with Heroes Reborn. I've established this in the earlier ones. We're not going to bore you. But I had a dynamite young talent named Stephen Platt who had blown up for me. Uh, had done uh, a couple of years worth of Profit comics. And Profit was a monster hit for my studio and uh, for, for my company. And Stephen had... Uh, been somebody that I was going to share duties with on Captain America. And so he was prepping the follow-up after I was going to hand the baton to him on Captain America following issue six. Steven was going to jump in, take over, and run with it. And 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 he had a story, ironically, that involved Russians and uh, uh, aliens and, and cyborgs. And I was all for it. I thought this is going to be a monster hit. This is going to be like the second half of Heroes Reborn is going to be something special. We had this planned out. I was also paying Steven an established rate, and when Marvel had said, well, we want you to continue on in the back six, but we're going to drastically cut your rates. They're still going to be good, but all you have to do to be the best rate of the existing rates is pay me a dollar more. I mean, come on, let's let's be honest. So when they're like, we're going to pay you better than existing rates, that, that could be $10, $20 more. I was into Steven for thousands of dollars. I was financing this. Um, and, and, and as with everybody in my studio, I always wanted to pay better than anybody else. I wanted people to know... Uh, when they worked at Extreme from 1993 through the present day, 1997, that they were getting top dollar, best pay possible, especially guys who were in the competitive field. Like, like I would pay rookies really good, but I would also pay my established guys. I wanted them to uh, word to get around that I, you know, took care of my guys. And so, uh, I went to Steven and I said, "Look, I'm I'm going to shift gears here. I'm not going to continue on with Marvel, but would you?" Give me a minute because I have an idea. And he was open enough to letting me go and investigate that idea. So here's my idea. I think back in 1997 to Fighting American and that hardcover. And so I go about investigating who has the rights currently to Fighting American. Because in the early 90s, like 92, 93, uh, DC Comics actually did a miniseries featuring... Fighting American. Now, they altered his costume a little, uh, opened up his face mask, gave him blonde flowing hair. They did their own version of Fighting American. And I remember grabbing a couple of the issues because, again, if it's Fighting American, I'm going to at least pay attention. It was another modern, it was a modern take on Fighting American and it was short-lived. I don't know if it was short-lived because of sales or because of the terms of the agreement with the Simon and the Kirby estate ran out. But it was short-lived nonetheless, but that is the last time that I had seen Fighting American in publication. So I poked around and realized that I needed to contact Mr. Joe Simon himself. By this time, 1997, we are three years past the uh, the death of the King of Comics. Jack Kirby has uh, left us to go to his celestial plane to look down on us from there. Roz Kirby, his wife, is very much alive and well. And when I speak to her, she is the one that says, you know, you need to... Um, speak to and go through Joe on this. Joe Simon runs point on all fighting American business. So Roz is who directed me towards Joe Simon. Again, the Kirby's were sweethearts. They were lovely people. The fact that I could pick up the phone and call Roz uh, following uh, the, the several times we had socialized and gotten together and been at their house uh, prior to Jack passing was just, it was so touching because again, I, I believe Jack Kirby to be the single most important creative force in the history of any creative field. Movies, film, animation, 
comic books. It is him. It is he. And Roz was so proud of him. And, and they had just such a, a, an amazing love story and loved each other so much. And I can still remember Roz saying, you've, you've got to go through Joe Simon on this because he handles the point. And Joe uh, is very, very lucid. Uh, definitely, Senior Citizen Joe is, is, is not losing a step, not even in the slightest. He is one spry guy. And I have the good fortune of getting his information and then looking to track Mr. Joe Simon down for my first ever encounter with Mr. Joe Simon. I mean, the whole comics industry knows who Joe Simon is. The only reason that you don't know who Joe Simon is is much like Jack Kirby, he passed away at an age that uh, before the world could get to know him at large because, um, you know, he is this, I mean, tour de force, just this tour de force. Now, now, you know, uh, w w w when he uh, passed away in, in, in 2011, this guy had lived the, I mean, among the richest of the richest lives. You guys, he was 98 years old. Joe Simon is 98 years old when he, uh, uh, passes away M much much older uh, than than Jack who had passed away er er you know much earlier um, and and uh, Joe was a firecracker if you can imagine just uh, in the nicest possible way like he had this charming cantankerousness to him by the time that I reached him but I had heard that he was a sharp sharp businessman and here I am 29 years old knocking on the door saying, uh, excuse me, sir, could, uh, could, could we, um, you know, um, could, could, could we, could we speak, uh, you know, uh, in, in regards to, to doing, you know, some, some business with your character that you own fighting American. And as, as sure as I am sitting here talking to you, he immediately engaged me in the business of doing fighting American. He, he wanted to know why he had been following my cap. I told him, this is what I want to do. This is what I want. This is what I plan. I, I had to get right out in front and say, I want to do a more serious take more like your earlier issues. I want to, I, I am in love with doing a super soldier. I am in love with the designs and the characters that you and Jack created for fighting American, but I don't want to go like parody. Yeah. Yeah. Ha ha. You know, I didn't want to do the get smart to the James Bond. Um, I wanted to do more of a straight forward version. And, uh, and so, you know, uh, the, 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 the conversation was quick because he established a price for me that I felt was out of my league. I felt like uh, this is probably a little too much in, in regards to what I, I want to, you know, pay, but man, he had terms, he had prices, he was ready to go. I also spoke to his son, Jim Simon, uh, uh, who I believe is an attorney, very sharp mind, uh, both were gracious and kind, but they had a number and they weren't going to move off that number. And I felt like that number for me in 1997 was probably a little too much. Now, uh, I just shrugged and was like, well, that idea of doing Fighting American was a great idea, but now I need to pivot and do something else. And so like, you know, uh, in the same spirit of Jack and Joe uh, do, doing their own patriotic character, I then went, well, what if I just created my own patriotic character? And, and so I fashioned up a new patriotic character, uh, tweaked some costume elements to separate it from both Fighting American and Captain America, and I called 
this character, Agent America. Agent America. And I thought, man, that's catchy. Let me tell you the best compliment anybody ever gave Agent America is Eric Larson, who uh, I think publicly on social media said, that's a great name. I actually, that's a really, really great moniker. And it hadn't been used before. Agent America. So what I did is I went about and drew up, uh, so no more Captain America, no shot at fighting American. I drew up uh, the, uh, the the designs and did about three or four presentation pieces of Agent America. I had them penciled up. I inked them. My crew inked the other stories. We got them colored up and we put them in a preview book. And we released that preview book out into the world in April of 1997, telling everybody that Agent America is coming to you. Because here's the deal. I had had great success doing this patriotic character, and I loved doing this patriotic character. I really cannot stress to you enough how much. Uh, I do not, again, if I don't love drawing something, I, I don't, I just can't, you know, get into it. And, uh, and so I have, you know, taken on this uh, th this obsession with patriotic imagery and and patriotic characters and wondering very much so given that the people and the fans and the stores had ordered so well on Captain America if they would follow me to this because I wasn't done telling these stories. There was really no commercial bend to it. I, I know that there's a, a cynicism about that, but I really, I didn't see it as a means with which to sell a whole ton of copies. At this point, I'm not chasing the charts. Uh, I'm just chasing what moves me creatively and like Jack and Joe established with their version of a Captain America type. I figured, well, I'll do this too. Well, I run these ads and I get a phone call. And it is from my good friend, Joe Simon, who tells me in no short order that I am getting a cease and desist from him and from his, uh, I believe it's from his son, uh, uh, the, the, the attorneys that, that, that are going to tell me that he believes Agent America is a uh, ripoff of Fighting American and as such is going to sue me to stop me from publishing Agent America. Not a page of Agent America has been drawn other than if I were to refacilitate the pages that Stephen had already done given that most of his first Captain America issue, which would have been Captain America 7, is has been finished. And, 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 and other than that, I have not drawn new pages dictating other than these promotional pages. I have promotional basically posters to get people excited, but I haven't gotten into the storytelling yet. So this isn't representing a terrible great loss for me, but I can tell Joe is pissed. And and yet, he's not emotionally pissed. He's just like, kid, if you're trying to poke the bear, consider the bear poked. And here's the deal. I'm not going to let you do this. But very slyly, Joe says, but if you'd like to re-engage me on talks for Fighting American, I would still be uh, inclined to have those discussions with you. Now, by this time, on my team, firmly in my corner, and we are building a brand new publishing label, is the amazing Joseph Loeb III. You know him as Jeff Loeb. Uh, you have known him now as Batman Long Halloween Jeff Loeb, as Batman Hush Jeff Loeb, as uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Jeff Loeb, as all Netflix shows Daredevil Jeff Loeb. Jeff has um, had an amazing, just a fantastic, fantabulous wonderful career. He is an amazing writer, Mr. Red Hulk, Mr. Batman Superman. Uh, good God. The, the, the guy is just, he's phenomenal. Phenomenal talent and a phenomenal personality and a guy you definitely want to have in your corner. And at this point, I had him firmly in my corner and he he is chuckling. He goes, okay, look, Joe is leaving the door open here. He definitely doesn't want you doing this Agent America, which again, I have to stress, he is telling me is ripping off Fighting American. 
a character that has not seen publication in years. And the last time he saw publication, he didn't look anything like the Fighting American that Joe, Joe and Jack did, again, because they opened up his mask and gave him flowing hair a la C Captain Marvel uh, from the 70s uh, in Marvel Comics, the Cree Marvel guy. He had like this, you know, great head of hair at DC Comics that he did not have with the, the, the Jack and Joe comics. So anyway, I'm like, well, I really just wanted Fighting American in the first place. And so maybe now there's room to make a deal. So Joe and I uh, get on the phone and through deal memos and emails, because now the electronic, you know, emails are, are starting to be a thing. And uh, we talk it over and the price for Fighting American is adjusted to a more, in my opinion, reasonable price. And Joe was well within his means to ask for a more exorbitant price. Um, I backed away. I, I, I went in a different um, direction. I thought, look, again, if you've listened to Rob's observations, the very, very first observation I ever shared with you is about the Squadron Supreme, which is a blatant, no attempt to hide it, uh, ripoff, homage, tribute, whatever hat you want to wear on this one of the Avengers. They have a Superman Echo. They have a Hawkman Echo. They have an Aquaman Echo. They have a Black Canary and Green Arrow who both have the hots for each other Echo. They, they eventually get a Firestorm Echo. I mean, the Squadron Supreme is Marvel's Justice League in the same way that Marvel, who has the Imperial Guard, is Marvel's Legion of Superheroes. I mean, they, they are, there's a Colossal Boy, okay? Um, there's a Timberwolf. There's a Star Boy. There's a, you know, a, a, a Firestar. All of these popular Legion characters, and man, were they popular when Marvel decided to create their own knockoff version uh, with the Imperial Guard. So this is the comic book world I live in. These nods and wink-wink you know, imitation copies uh, were, were part and parcel of the business. It, it was, you know, the, 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 there was a swamp thing, there was a man thing, and they both came from a character, a swampy character called The Heap, okay, which predates both of them. So again, three swamp creatures, who is looking at who in the mirror, who is reflecting what influence, right? So Agent American to me is just like, hey man, it's now, I can't get Fighting American, which was my first choice, but I am now going to enter into doing Agent America, which will be my patriotic character. Not as exciting, but I'm telling myself I can make this work. So Joe tells me, no, uh, I see that as an affront. You and I were having discussions. You didn't go through with this with me. And he, uh, look, it, he got my attention. And through it all, the great news is we were able to work out a deal that I would license uh, Fighting American. It was a good deal for Joe. It was a good deal for the Simon and the Kirby Estates, especially for a property that was dormant. I wasn't in a bidding war. There was no other d Dark Horse and Eclipse comics and Image comics were not competing. Uh, you know, for, for, for Fighting American, it was a it was literally something that we were going to dust off, stand up straight, teach it to walk and talk again. You know, Fighting American was now going to be licensed to me via Joe Simon. We sealed the deal. We made our uh, our, our agreement to go forward, but here's where you got to understand things start getting fun and funny. And I want to read to you this, uh, the, these memos I have from my good friends at, uh, at Marvel comics. And this is, I actually, I mean, it's signed. I, I have the, like the penmanship. I have the, the Bic, uh, ink on, on this is a three, uh, a, a, a three page letter from Marvel Head Counsel. Her name is Pamela Bradford. Pamela Bradford, 
sent to me via Federal Express and fax on May 2nd, 1997. Yes, I'm going to read you a letter. To Rob Liefeld, Extreme Studios, State College Boulevard, Fullerton, California. Marvel Comics, Captain America, Extreme Studio, Agent America. That is what this is regarding. Dear Mr. Liefeld, this is from uh, Vice President Legal Affairs, Pam Bradford. Your company's press release, April 2nd, 1997, entitled Agent America has star power and the Agent America awesome preview materials distributed at the Oakland WonderCon convention the weekend of April 26 to 27, 1997 have been brought to our attention. The release announces your company's upcoming publication of Agent America comic books while the preview material offers samples of the artwork in combination, the two blatantly evidence intended trademark and copyright infringements and trademark dilutions. Whew, that's a mouthful. Both the press release quotes attributed to you and Jeff Loeb, the preview artwork, make plain that Agent America is a continuation of your work that you recently completed on your six-issue run on Captain America for Marvel Comics. The press release discloses that Agent America was a World War II hero who was reactivated to combat modern evil. The parallel to Captain America, originally a World War II hero who later was revived from suspended animation to fight evil in the present is striking in your version from Marvel. He reappeared to fight a Nazi-like menace. The visual similarities between Agent America and Captain America are striking. Both wear costumes with predominantly blue bodies, red boots, gloves. Both wear stars on their chest. Both carry circular shields with stars in their center. Both have highly stylized eagles on hoods and over their foreheads. Even the supporting characters on the Agent America materials are thinly disguised versions of characters that were depicted by you and your creative teams on Captain America. Ricky Barnes in Captain America turns up with blonde hair here instead of brown. Red Skull, a classic Captain America Nazi villain, has metamorphosized into a robot with a collar bearing an SS symbol and swastika. Masterman appears to have acquired a red cape in this transition. We also have not missed the uncanny resemblance of the characters depicted in the lower left-hand corner of your preview materials that resemble Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos. Marvel and its predecessors have published Captain America comic books and stories for more than half a century. During that time, Cap has become an icon of the industry. He has appeared in movies and television on stage and screen, ladies and gentlemen. I had to add that. He is on stage and screen. Look, bottom line, Agent America appears to be a situation where you are continuing your Captain America that you produced for Marvel with the same scripter, Jeff Loeb, scripter, Okay, my scripter, my legendary scripters. Captain America is a registered trademark, blah, 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 legal schmeagol. Captain America also is a famous mark by the criteria outlined in Section 43 of the Trademark Act. Agent America blurs the distinctiveness of Captain America's mask and mark. Overall, Agent America bears more similarities to Cap than has any other comic book that we are aware when it is considered that the creators of Agent America were recently dismissed as the writer and scripter of Captain America, but appear to be continuing the same characters. There is infringement on these Marvel-owned copyrights in the version of Cap. Accordingly, we make a formal demand that Extreme Studios and or any other entities associated with your company not publish its patriotic character under the title Agent America or any other title likely to be associated and or confused with Captain America. And if published under another name, they character designs be modified so your company's character and series look like something other than a pastiche of Captain America and a continuation of these characters and plot lines. This is good, right? You're happy I'm reading this to you, right? I'm, you know, I'm trying to do, go as fast as I can and punch this up for you. Come on. 
Please reply in writing to the undersigned no later than May 9th, 1997. Your failure to do so will be taken as an indication that Extreme Studios continues its announced intent to publish Agent America and Marvel will be forced to take further steps to protect our valuable rights in the name and character of Captain America. Truly yours, Pamela Bradford, Scott Sassa, Steve Jeppy are CC'd on this because they sent this to Diamond Distribution. The plot thickens, people. Well, that um, the, it, we dismissed Agent America faster than it took to write that letter, okay? And man, that is a great letter. It's spirited. It's got all the right, you know, insults and... And, uh, and 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 slides and counter punches that are that are make you know that are supposed to upset you, but so uh, Pam Bradford gets re- a t- return call on this, not from me, but from my spirited co-conspirator Joseph Loeb the Third, the scripter Jeff Loeb calls Pam Bradford and says, uh, "Hey Pam, <clears throat> Loeb, yeah Pam, uh, got got your letter. Uh, good news, Asian America, not happening, not not happening, no longer a concern." <clears throat> Shy, it's uh, it's early morning and, and my, uh, my 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 Jeff Loeb is not up to snuff. But uh, Pam, Pam, we're, we're, we uh, we secured the rights to Fighting American from the uh, Simon and Kirby estate. Uh, you know they have an established patriotic icon, and we're going to be uh, publishing Fighting American. So I can write to you a memo right now that details no more Agent America. Now, part of my deal with Joe Simon was I had to agree to him that I would never pursue the name Agent America ever again. So, you know, Joe got me to stand down real good prior to Pamela ever reaching me. Or as Borat says, Pamela, Pamela Bradford, Pamela, she would contact me. And uh, here's the deal. Me, me and Pamela, we didn't really tangle any further because uh, Agent America was already off the table prior to her sending this yes we got these uh, Agent America stuff out uh, at the WonderCon, but that's because, uh, you know, we had already gone to press with it and we figured we'd circulate it. It wasn't just an Agent America preview book. It was previewing everything that we were doing at our publishing company. So it had 32 pages, lots of different stuff. Agent America was about four of those 32 pages, but Agent America was what we got this lovely letter over. So we now go down the road and we have done a deal with Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. And I cannot even tell you how excited I am. This is thrilling. I am now going to delve into the world of Fighting American on my terms with the blessing of the Kirby and Simon estate, returning him to, as they mentioned in the hardcover, their first initial issues of Fighting American was more straightforward with him against the Russians. And we were going to continue this storyline. We were going to refashion uh, Stephen Platt's story, which dealt with him battling Russians, into uh, this Fighting American relaunch. And you guys, I, I'm, I'm excited. Again, I, I, I got what I wanted. I originally wanted Fighting American. Joe, I felt, uh, priced it out of my reach at that time. I retreated. I went the Agent America route, and Joe came back and said, if you go this Agent America route, I'm going to you know, sue you. But we could, you know, make it quicker by just re-engaging on Fighting America. And I do that. I go forward. We, I am so excited, and I think it shows. Uh, I am now drawing Fighting American pages, interior, telling the story, setting up what we're going to do, splitting up Stephen's uh, initial first issue into two different chapters, in issue one and issue two, so it covers. And, uh, and, and we are ready to rock and roll. And, uh, <laughs> but... 
So we announced to the world that we're doing Finding American. It's, it's exciting. Um, and, uh, you know, this is, this is a, a really exciting opportunity for us to get out there and do something that we're passionate about. Because Jeff Loeb and I are having lunches. We're having dinners. We're talking about the exciting um, opportunity to continue this, um, th th this Fighting American legend. Because, guys, I'm going to tell you right now, I really, really, really sparked to this. And this is the hardcover that Marvel published that I was uh, consuming on my first flight to New York. So Fighting American holds a really nostalgic place in my heart because I had been to New York prior to visit the DC offices and had never been to Marvel. So in 1989, now, instead of 87 going to DC, it's 89, I'm going to New York. And, and, and Fighting American, the hardcover, is, is accompanying me. So that's exciting. And uh, and I, I'm telling you right now that, that, that Jeff Loeb and I are, are psyched we are super excited to be uh, to, to 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 be bringing this new revamped version of Fighting American. Now, one of the things that I do on Fighting American is I took away his uh, I took away his um, his yellow uh, the yellow in, in, in the costume. I, I didn't like it. I, I did not like the yellow color alongside red, white, and blue. Um, and I felt that the design I could streamline it by by removing the yellow, what we replaced it with was a whole lot more white. Fighting American has a lot of white in his costume. And, uh, you know, the funny thing is, Fighting American and Captain America, just an aside, are not the first patriotic hero. The first patriotic hero that went over well and actually outsold Captain America early on because it predated Captain America is a character from Archie Publications called The Shield. The Shield. The Shield was so popular that if you've ever wondered why Cap... Uh, had that pointy, uh, three-edged uh, uh, traditional shield and then had to change to an oval. It's because that pointy, three-edged traditional shield was part of the shield, the shield, okay, from Archie Comics, who was the most patriotic character prior to Captain America. That was part of his chest emblem. And uh, Archie, you know, uh, uh, sent a cease and desist to the Captain America guys, and the Captain America guys had to change that formation of that shield into the oval okay and and to satisfy Archie and to keep them you know off their backs now ultimately Simon and Kirby had that creative juice and they would make Captain America and I think they put took it personally and and they've talked about how how incredibly excited they were that their fighting American uh, I mean, I'm sorry their Captain America outsold the shield years later ironically Joe Simon would be hired by Archie to redesign the shield. I mean, you see how this stuff goes back and forth? So the shield sues or or, or sends a cease and desist to, to, to Captain America in the 40s, and they have to change the, the design of Cap's, uh, uh, you know, three-pointed, uh, uh, you know, shield and, uh, and, and to satisfy, and they turn the shield into an oval, and, and, and so that, that, you know... Uh, they could avoid a lawsuit because the Shield publishers protested, okay? 19 years later, okay, Joe Simon was hired by Archie to revise the Shield for them. And he uh, he actually created a character called uh, Private Strong, you know, an offshoot of Shield. And uh, But now DC Comics would threaten to sue Private Strong because they think he looks too much like Superman. You cannot make this stuff up. This is the history of comic books. Now, where I just read from you this little ditty, uh, 
is is um, so the vertical shield is what got changed to an oval shield. There is a book that comes out in 1990, and I need to get this into the equation. Part of the evidence, the comic book makers, written by Joe Simon and Jim Simon, another handsome package, published by Crestwood Publications. This is amazing. I have a couple uh, signed editions. Uh, I'm going to put this up. I, I love my comic book makers. It says, to my good friend Rob, Joe Simon, great job on F.A. Fighting America. I had Joe sign my copy because I had picked this up early on when it came out. It's published in 1990. So, you know, the summer before X-Force, the comic book makers, which is like a magazine size, thick, uh, this is uh, 200 pages, 200 page, uh, soft cover, soft bound, uh, detailing Joe Simon and Jack Kirby's history in the early days of comic books. It says the young men in the golden age of comic books were as bizarre as the characters they created. The comic book makers, Joe Simon. And it uh, details, uh, under there it says, Simon and Kirby, the Captain America Wars. This alludes to the shield, the vertical shield, you know, them being sued saying the Captain America was infringing on the other patriotic character, the shield. The Untold Origin of Spider-Man, which we'll get to some other time. But this is a great book. On the cover of the comic book makers is Fighting American and Speed Boy, the Bucky sidekick. The young sidekick, Speed Boy. On this cover, Fighting American is swinging on a rope. Speed Boy is hanging to his waist. It's very Tarzan-esque there. Swinging across the page. Joe Simon is depicted drawing at his table. And above him is Fighting American swinging across with the rope. Speed Boy is grappling, you know, tight around his waist. But Fighting American has a shield. He has a shield. He has an oval shield that he is holding as he swings by. He is. This is the first time I had seen Fighting American depicted with a shield. That is on the cover. It is a painted cover to the comic book makers. And this is a, a Joe Simon illustration. So this is in circulation seven years before I do the Fighting American. Because you guys, you're, you, there's so much setup here. But if I don't get the setup, you are not going to appreciate all that is to come. Because this gets crazy. Okay? So... We are uh, pursuing our Fighting American. We are so excited to be uh, producing this. And then, and we've announced it, Joe Simon, the Kirby Estate of Pacted with Rob Liefeld, Awesome Entertainment, Jeff Loeb, we're going to be doing Fighting American. So guess what? Pam, uh, Pam Bradford is, is no longer uh, con contacting us. We have now been, uh, we are now uh, contacted by uh, a gentleman named... Joe, uh, named Anthony Fletcher. We get a legal document from Anthony Fletcher. Our last document was from Pam Bradford on May the 2nd. Now we get a new legal document because she's like, don't you dare do Agent America. We're like, well, you know, we're not doing Agent America. We're doing Fighting America. And we're, and, 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 but you can see in that letter, don't you dare do a continuation of your Captain America. Don't you dare co-opt a patriotic symbol that that, that that is clearly ripping off Captain America. Fighting America throws a, a real wrench in the works here. Now, let me tell you full stop. If you thought that any of this legal shmeagle stuff was going to happen, I, I hadn't been sued in my comics career until like the last six months. And then everybody decided, let's file lawsuits with Rob Liefeld. So I'm, you know, this is, I'm 29 years old. And this stuff is starting to hit me and fly at me. And you guys, at no point does this, again, it's comic books. It's at any point you can put your pencil down and you can go, eh, I, I'm not going to pursue this. Like with Agent America. Okay, Joe, it's upsetting you. It's going to get me fighting American. Great. I didn't see that coming. I love it. 
you know, there's no reason for stress, man. There was no reason for stress. It was just the excitement of the day. And I'm sure when Pam Bradford typed that letter, just taking punches at us, she was having a, a kick. Big smiles on her face as she was, you know, taking us down. But then we we flipped the script. It's not Asian American anymore. It's Fighting American. We have licensed it. Jack and Joe Estate are with us. So, Anthony Fletcher sends us, Dear Mr. Loeb, Mr. Liefeld, We represent Marvel Characters Incorporated and Marvel Entertainment. We have reviewed the letters to Extreme Studios, later awesome publications, by Pamela Bradford. She's always here. Pamela. Pamela has passed on our our interactions. Pamela. um, Dated May 2nd. And the response is May, May 16th. About the launch of your comic book, Agent America. Various responses to those letters by Rob Liefeld and yourself and certain underlying document, documentation. So they, they're saying, we have reviewed these. We have reviewed the, all of this you know, interaction, all of these letters, all of this back and forth. The exchange of correspondence ended with your facts on June 3rd to Pamela stating as follows. Pamela, remember, is the head counsel, vice, 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 whatever her, she's a, she's a big, she's a big wig. Okay, at Marvel, all right? (laughs) It says, Awesome Entertainment LLC is pleased to announce that we have acquired the worldwide rights to Joe Simon and Jack Kirby's classic patriotic icon, The Fighting American. As such, we will not be publishing Agent America. We greatly appreciate Marvel's patience with this matter and are happy that by communicating with each other, we have brought this matter to a speedy conclusion, or should we have said a speed boy conclusion. Okay, so then Mr. Anthony Fletcher from the law firm Fish and Richardson continues, for good reason, Marvel understood that your letter meant that your company had acquired the rights to the Fighting American and you would be publishing new stories of that character instead of Agent America. Having published a book containing the original Fighting American comic stories in 1989, so this is important, they actually admit this here, Marvel was well aware of the property and had no objection to its resurrection by Awesome. Accordingly, accordingly, one of the best words ever, Marvel turned its attention to other matters relying upon its understanding of your letter. Put more simply, Marvel believed that you and this matter were dropped. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, are we getting this? You guys excited? I'm excited. This is fun. Marvel has now received the July 2nd issue of Comic Shop News, a very popular weekly uh, periodical newspaper publication that went to every comic book store in America, Comic Shop News, the cover of which pictures your fighting American. The artwork evidently furnished by Awesome is precisely the same artwork distributed by Awesome as its cover for the first star-spangled issue of Agent America, except the star, the star on the character's chest is now circled in blue, just like the star on Mr. Liefeld's depiction of Captain America's shield. Uh, guys, um... Fighting Americans star on his chest is is circled in blue. Um, so maybe look at the stuff. That's my um, I'm interjecting here, Mr. Loeb. You either lied to us in your June third letter to Miss Pamela, or you furnished artwork to CSN that makes it appear that you lied to Miss Pamela. That's a great. That's a great. It says Bradford, but I prefer Pamela. Um, our client accepted your disarming June letter. June 3rd letter is one of written in good faith and considered the matter concluded. Marvel earlier indicated that it would accept certain changes in this costume for Agent America. That offer was made when Marvel believed it was dealing with men of integrity and commitment to honor with spirit as well as the letter of any agreement. 
since Marvel now believes it is dealing with people who lack both. Let's go back. Let's examine that. Okay, this is a good, this is a really good paragraph. That offer was made when Marvel believed it was dealing with men of some, some integrity. Okay, not, not integrity, some integrity. And a commitment to honor the spirit as well as the letter of any agreement. Since Marvel now believes it is dealing with people who lack both, this offer is now withdrawn. What offer? My head's, my head's spinning. I, I didn't know we had an offer. I thought we, we weren't doing Agent America anymore. And this whole, this whole letter is about Agent America. Unless we or Marvel receive your written assurance that Awesome's fighting American character will resemble Captain America in costume and character no more closely than did the original fighting American and receive that assurance by the close of business Monday, July 7th, 1977. This is the best part. This actually says, I'm going to show it to you. It says 1977, not 1997. This guy was a little, he was a little hot-headed when he was writing this. That's what happens when you write men of some integrity. Men of some integrity, okay? We believed you were men of some integrity. If we don't receive assurance by the close of business Monday, July 7th, 1977, there's no typo, kids. That's two sevens. This is on June 2nd. Um, I'm sorry, this is on July 3rd, 1997. We have been directed to brief Marvel on any and all options, including litigation to protect its very valuable character rights in Captain America. Sincerely, very truly yours, Anthony Fletcher. This time we got CC'd. Mr. Joseph Colomary. That's the Joe guy that I said took over after Heroes Reborn. Mr. Joe Calamari, just like the squid. Uh, Mr. Bob Harris, misspelled. Uh, this guy doesn't even know how to spell his own editor-in-chief's name. Pamela Bradford in Awesome Entertainment. Okay, guys, so this is setting the stage, right? So they're pissed. They're pissed we're doing Fighting American. I have changed the color scheme and virtually nothing else. I have added a female sidekick who is a, a, spy a cyborg. Her name is Spice, and she has an acronym. And uh, she's a robot, and she's going to do crazy stuff with her robotics her hands are going to fly off she has extended coils she's uh, she's one of my favorite characters spice so fighting american and spice are coming at you with jeff Loeb and rob liefeld and uh <laughs> and stephen platt and marvel is pissed and we get these threatening letters and you know uh, agent america no agent america i'd modify that design we are now in the fighting american world and as i already told you Fighting American had been altered before, but Joe Simon has the comic book makers out in 1990 in bookstores. This is a bookstore book. Crestwood. This isn't a, a comic book public publication. This is a really nice, handsome, oversized, like I said, soft cover edition. And on it, Fighting American has a shield. He's swinging through the sky with a shield as clear as day. It's not a hidden shield. It is a blatant shield. So, you guys, we don't really take any of this seriously. We just think that Marvel is um, letting off ahead of steam. I have closed Extreme Studios. Uh, awesome Entertainment is a different animal for me. It is, in my mind, uh, the era of breaking young talent uh, has kind of passed us by. We did it fast. We did it furious. We launched a lot of great careers. But as uh, evidenced by Heroes Reborn and by Marvel's uh, by DC's Kingdom Come, people were buying more established names. Uh, Kingdom Come was a giant follow-up to Alex Ross's Marvels and had been, you know, really positioned as a the sequel. The next Alex Ross work is at DC with him now doing DC characters, not Marvel characters. And with Heroes Reborn, obviously, Jim and myself and Wills Portacio, big deal. So I decided to lower my publication count to four or five books work with really good established names, and that's what you'll see we'll do. We have Alan Moore, we have Steve Scrose, 
We have Ed McGinnis. We have Ian Churchill. We have Jeff Loeb. We have myself. It was more of a uh, a boutique kind of high end uh, uh, label now with more established names doing still doing some new stuff like Kaboom and Coven and Rejects and mixing it up with Youngblood existing comics and characters. But Fighting American was just my passion. And you guys, I like Fighting American number one as good and as much as I like all of my Captain America work combined. And it's an exciting first issue. And, and uh, you know, uh, the thing with, 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 with Fighting American, he shares a very similar history uh, backstory to that of, of Steve Rogers and Captain America. They are both, um, look, they are, they are both uh, super soldiers, okay? They're both super soldiers, and uh, and and uh, they both submit themselves to to scientific experiments. Uh, th- th- this one is a little a little weirder. It's it's a little weirder. His last name is Flag. I mean, his last name is Flag. How great is that? Okay, Johnny Flag and Nelson Flag are brothers, and Johnny Flag goes down. Nelson Flag, healthy uh, and brilliant, is, it gets his head put put in to Johnny's new body. Okay, so there it is. It's the Story of the Flag brothers, Johnny and Nelson Flag, and their destiny, and the two become one. And Fighting American is a badass super soldier, and he has a kick-ass sidekick in Speedboy. So we've um, uh, uh, updated this with with Fighting American. He has a cyborg now called Spice, and we're off to the races. And we've got the publication, and we've got the numbers, and our numbers are great. We've got like almost a thirty-page first issue. Uh, it, it, we're very excited. I even have permission from the, uh, the the Simon and Kirby estate that I can interweave Fighting American into our Judgment Day crossover. That's why you see Fighting American in the pages of Alan Moore's Judgment Day. We are implementing him already. He is on a couple variant covers for Judgment Day. We are in the Fighting American business, but Fighting American number one has yet to release. Well, moving our uh, focus of our company from Extreme Studios to Awesome, I took on a number of investors, and none was more uh, entertaining, enlightening, uh, and, and another key guy in, in showing me the business than a man named John Hyde. John Hyde had a number of businesses, a music label, a video game company. He had come from uh, film production. He had an entire film library, uh, I, I believe like Flight of the Navigator, and, and, and some some really good, cool movies, a big fat movie library. He had decided to invest in awesome entertainment. And we had the best offices, my, some of my favorite offices. I loved our offices in Fullerton. But relocating to Century City, right down the street from where now CAA, the powerhouse agency is, right next to the um, Century City Mall, we were on probably the 17th, 15th floor of this amazing building in Century City. We now were a staff of about seven people. Matt Hawkins and Eric Stevenson have followed me up to Century City. They are still in an integral part of our operations. They are still facilitating the same editorial um, uh, capacities that they always had. Matt and Eric were two of the most gamest. Uh, I mean, they were game for anything. They were just game. They, they wanted to tackle any problem. They loved the creative solutions that w- we would find. They were equally engaged. Eric really had uh, the great relationship at this point with Alan Moore. We are, you know, completely crushing it, doing all these great Alan Moore comics, and uh, 
and and we are up in Century City. Matt Hawkins is doing both editorial and marketing and promotions. Matt is a great talker. You guys have met Matt. He can um, engage the public and and retailers in in a, in a, in a very um, personal and sincere way. Jeff Loeb is up there. Uh, you know, we 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 have a skeleton crew. We have we have a, a designer, Brett Evans. So we are we are uh, you know lean mean. And we are uh, making it happen. So this is really super, super great, super fun opportunity. And we are about to launch Fighting American. But I really have to tell you, the Century City stuff is great. John Hyde, we are we take four offices on his floor where he has about 20 different offices. Like I said, several different labels. We become part of John Hyde's entertainment empire, H-Y-D-E. I love John. On the weekends, he would go to his ranch. He was full of... Great information, education, wisdom. John was probably in his late 50s, early 60s when we packed it together to do this. And so we went down this road together. And one day, guys, as we are nearing the end of chapter one, but I'm not going to keep you completely hanging. Uh, in the Century City offices of Awesome Entertainment, on a Thursday evening, Thursday evening at 9 p.m. Pacific, uh, we get a fax. Excuse me, it was 7 p.m. Pacific. 7 p.m. Pacific. Definitely past end of business day in Los Angeles, which is seen to be between 5 and 6. We get a fax. Coming over the fax is the notice of a temporary restraining order called a TRO. So when I say TRO, that is temporary restraining order. And it comes over saying that Marvel Comics will be filing a temporary restraining order the following morning, Friday morning. They are legally bound to give us whatever, 12 hours, heads up. And they do it down to the minute. Uh, you know, very, 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 very little lead time. And I remember the person that received the facts came running into our offices and saying Marvel is going to file a temporary restraining order preventing you from distributing fighting American as we have uh, produced the book. By this time, we've got preview pages out there. We've done a ton of promotion. The book is ready to go. It is being sent to the printer. The book is completed and ready to go. Our numbers are in. We've got a nice new hit on our hands. And here we go, a temporary restraining order that will bar us from distributing the book. A temporary restraining order, if if ruled on, then makes it on the, the onus and the burden is on the person who has the temporary restraining order judged on against us, in this case, Awesome Entertainment, Fighting American, myself, jo Joseph Loeb, John Hyde, we would then have to unwind that. That would be, if that ruling went through the next morning in New York City, they're filing in New York City. We are getting the late heads up, you guys. My witnesses to this are Eric Stevenson, Jeff Loeb, Matt Hawkins, John Hyde, uh, my wife, uh, everyone who was physically in the awesome audiences that day, a woman named Ann Jacobus, who was general counsel and partner to John Hyde. We get this and John does not flinch. He sees what's going on. He's like, look, they are doing what they are entitled to do, which is give us last minute notice here on the West Coast that tomorrow morning on the East Coast, they will be filing a temporary restraining order. Here's the kicker, guys. In the restraining order, I think we've established several times now that Marvel is all too familiar 
with fighting American. But you guys, in a temporary restraining order, they are going to go present to the judge in New York City their best case, which says, uh, this company is ripping off Captain America and uh, that we find this an affront. Judge Captain America is a great marvel. You've seen how they discuss him. A great icon, patriotic, you know, uh, trademark that has been protected for years and they are infringing on us. Please stop this and grant us this temporary restraining order. Now, we were momentarily knocked on our keister because this was such a last minute, uh, you know, engagement. And it was meant to take us by surprise, but Marvel Comics did not know that I had the backing and the fortitude of this John Hyde. John Hyde stood up in this moment and made it all happen. He said, look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to meet them in court tomorrow morning. We're going to have, I have lawyers and law firms and we are going to be represented. We are not going to let this fly. But here's the crucial element that I have been holding back in this temporary restraining order that they're going to file. It says in the filing that Rob Liefeld created Fighting American. It is an absolute bold-faced lie meant to purposely mislead the judge who is most likely not going to have a great comic book historical background and is going to take one look at my Fighting American and take one look at Captain America that they're going to supply a drawing of my Captain America so it looks as close as possible and go, this guy's trying to rip us off, judge, shut him down. And he created this character after we let him go and he's inflamed and he's pissed and this is him waving it in our face. The complaint says that Fighting American created by Rob Liefeld. Not, no mention of Joe Simon, Jack Kirby, and the shared history between Captain America and Fighting American. None. Because that would twist and uh, confuse the matter even further. And now the judge is like, well, wait, wait, wait a second. Much less do they say, we have actually published Fighting American. The modern world, Rob Liefeld only knows of Fighting American because we did this hardcover and restored these 1950s comics 30 years later in 1989 in this delicious hardcover. So that is the one like, wow, they are really looking to put this away. If they are granted this temporary restraining order, it would knock us out for months. We would put, spend between four and six months and tons of money trying to unwind a judgment from the bench, okay? This is a serious issue. They know what they are doing, okay? John Hyde puts a call in to a New York law firm. I, having my working knowledge of Fighting American, that it was in fact published by Marvel as a Simon and Kirby classic, as I'm holding mine here. Mine is also signed by Joe Simon, by the way. It's it's so freaking awesome. Um, I, we... Um, immediately move to the Xerox machine. There are no digital cameras. There is no, uh, you know, uh, attachments of, of, of uh, iPhone picks. No, no instant gratification. We go to the copy machines. We make these copies and we are blessed that Mr. Matt Hawkins says that he will fly to New York and meet with the attorneys the next morning and represent us in the courthouse, standing alongside the counsel that John Hyde has employed to defend us in this um, very misleading temporary restraining order. There should not be a temporary restraining order. Why are they doing a temporary restraining order? 
you guys, me not re-upping and doing that fighting, that Captain America for less money, super pissed them off. I mean, we're now a year later. I mean, the, the, when I got that, that letter in July about Fighting American, you remember one year earlier, my Captain America is the program book and the dedicated San Diego Comic-Con t-shirt. So, so one year earlier in July 1996, I am the patriotic character. Captain America is being promoted on 4th of July. My Captain America, the Heroes Reborn relaunch. So now we are about to launch in August our Fighting American. Now that we've acquired this long road that I've taken you on from Fighting American to Agent America to back to Fighting American to Marvel getting pissed, they are looking to knock me out with one crucial blow. And that seven o'clock fax is basically like, enjoy the pain. We've given you this heads up. And uh, Matt Hawkins, God bless him, just said, I'll go. He was game, just like Dan Fraga took that flight to New York to deliver those discs for Heroes Reborn. Matt Hawkins is like, I'm your guy. I can do this. This is going to happen. We're going to make this happen. So Matt, uh, we arm him with Xeroxes. We go to the Xerox machine. We Xerox all of these um, pages from the Fighting American hardcover. We get um, all of the data that we could possibly have because the Fighting American hardcover is in the office of a guy, I guarantee you, who is drawing Fighting American. That would be me. So this is nearby. We also show that Fighting American was published uh, by DC Comics. And we put a folder of our um, proof that is to be, you know, submitted, uh, you know, as evidence that we are not what Marvel is claiming us to be. And Matt Hawkins takes that folder. John Hyde books him a red-eye flight to New York City. Matt lands in JFK. He meets the attorney at, his, at, his, uh, at the courthouse. And Matt Hawkins and the attorney call us, you know, uh, about noon uh, from New York. So it's 9 a.m. We're all in the offices, all leaning over the speakerphone. Jeff Loeb, myself, John Hyde, Ann Jacobus, Eric Stevenson, and they said, oh my gosh, the, the, the judge took one look at the restraining order that was looking to prevent the, the, the temporary uh, halt of our book that Marvel was looking to also supply it to Diamond Comics as well, that we are looking to get a judgment that you will not release this. The TRO, okay? And that the judge looked at their complaint, which asserted that I had created Fighting American. Huge mistake. They wanted to keep it simple and they did not believe on one for one minute that we would show up and put up a fight. I don't know that they they, they didn't think that we had it in them. Like like that, that, that we couldn't at the end of the day catch a flight. That 7 p.m. was enough. Had they not given us the notice and shown proof of the notice, they couldn't do go into the courtroom and get the TRO. To quote my the attorney and Matt. They said that the Marvel attorney walked in with a bagel in his mouth and a briefcase looking like, I just got to stand up here in front of the judge, uh, argue this complaint, and walk out of here with what we are looking for, which is this temporary restraining order. He had his bagel in his mouth, his briefcase by his side, and I guess his eyes popped out of his head when he saw opposing counsel and Matt Hawkins, who he didn't know, but you know, opposing counsel and company with files on the table ready to counteract him and counteract him we did and upon looking at the proof that we had 
supplied and the kick-ass, I mean, when we're, when we're calling an attorney to represent us the next morning at 7 p.m., 7.30 on the West Coast, it's 10.30 in New York. John Hyde used his considerable pull, his business acumen, his connections, and we were represented against Marvel Comics that following day, Friday. You know, they were not going to send us into a tailspin. The judge said, I am kicking this to trial. So you're not going to get your temporary restraining order, Marvel, but we are going because they, they would not take no for an answer. So then they said, we would like to move to a trial to argue this. So now we are going to trial. The temporary restraining order is not granted, but everything is put on hold for a matter of weeks because this will be fast-tracked. You already know that you held Fighting American in your hands. You already know how this goes down. But Marvel, I was elated, also a little sad, but the reveal is there. They could not let me walk away and just be happy guy and do a patriotic character that they themselves had published. They had to falsely mislead and state that I was part of the creation of Fighting America when, in fact, I was not in any way. We have established Fighting American is maybe not the most famous comic book character you've ever heard of, but an established, published, routinely by Timely, by Marvel. Uh, is it Fawcett? Is it is it is it DC? So many people have taken their swing at the bat. We were up next. That, to this day, as I sit and tell you this, when John Hyde called his attorney, calmed us all down, because we were about to be had. Let me tell you how that goes down if we don't do this. The attorney does walk in unopposed, says, here you go, <clears throat> judge, look at this dirty dog, Rob Liefeld. He created this character and intended to rip Captain America off. And this, this just can't happen. You know, we're a proud New York company with new, I mean, Marvel Comics. I mean, we, we are a proud publisher of this American icon and this guy's looking to rip us off. Please block this. That would have then gone into effect. Diamond Comics would have been said, oh, I'm sorry, we cannot distribute any fighting American books. We would have had to have instigate a lawsuit to unwind a decision. It is very hard to unwind a decision. I cannot tell you how important it was to have a stay on the decision. There was no decision that day. They wanted a decision. We wanted to prevent that decision. We prevented that decision. We are now going to trial. The stage is set. I can't believe it. But as all those letters I have read to you, um, again, uh, especially in, in Miss Pamela's very lively uh, uh, you know, dispatch to us where, where she wants to remind us again and again the striking similarities between Agent America and Captain America and the parallels and it's plain that you are making a continuation and your supporting characters are a thinly disguised version and blah blah blah. Hey, have you seen Speed Boy? Speed Boy looks more like Bucky than Fighting American looks like Captain America and that's saying something. That's saying that you know, that uh, that, that, that Coke looks more like Pep Pepsi, then Dr. Pepper does, and they're all in a glass, and all you see is the ice and the brown liquid, okay? We are into it. You guys, the stage is set. We are going to trial. Will I publish Fighting American? Yes. Will Marvel be defeated? Yes. Um, but show up for all the shenanigans as this thing gets even twistier and turnier and funnier, and uh, you also see how dishonest the comic book media, which, come on, the comic book media is a couple of magazines at that time, but the fans listen to everything they said. They 100% distort and warp this to increase uh, the damage uh, that, that Marvel is trying to do, putting the stink on Fighting America. Fighting America, number one, also, um, not only was it published, it sold out. 
Um, and uh, really fun stories here. Fighting American, Agent America, Captain America. Are you having a good time? You should be having a good time. This was a great time. Exciting. John Hyde, baller move. Matt Hawkins, baller move. Showing up in New York. When I heard that their attorney, I mean, you can imagine going through those double doors, strolling, la, 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 bagel in his mouth. I'm going to be in and out of here in 10 minutes. That's what they pay me for. His billable was probably a couple hundred dollars an hour. Who knows? But what? There's someone at the table across from me that's going to oppose me? How did this happen? Well, that's how it goes. John Hyde, baller move. Matt Hawkins, baller move. Thank you, fans. Thank you for listening to observations. This is just getting started. Imagine when I tell you all the behind the scenes of how Image Comics was formed and all of that craziness. But we are going to tie everything up with a bow when we wrap up Fighting American uh, later this week in the next episode of Raw Observations. Thank you for listening to me. I never take you guys for granted. I am trying my darndest to, uh, to, to just tell you what went down, how it went down, always with people who were in the room, okay? You guys, find me on social media. I am at Rob Liefeld on Instagram, at Rob Liefeld. Blue check shows that it's the real deal, not the imitation. On Twitter, I am at Robert Liefeld, okay? Robert Liefeld, the full name, got the blue check. Also, to tell you that it's me, not the wacky Liefeld imitation accounts. I am all over social media, Facebook, message boards, uh, DMs. Reach out to me. I love it. You guys, thank you so much. We are almost into fall 2020. What the heck? Please take care of yourself, stay safe, and we will talk again.